Um, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 5, uh, but before we do that, I, I've got, I, I think, like four pictures I want to show you, and for each picture, we're going to ask the same question. It's going to be a little monotonous right off the top, but I think you'll uh, do just fine based on your participation level so far. Um, uh, the question is very simple. Let me ask it up front. Uh, what stands out to you? Okay, so four different pictures, same question for each one. Which, uh, what thing stands out in the picture? Okay, so first one, what stands out to you? The orange chair. Uh, second picture, what stands out to you? The open can. Uh, what stands out to you in the third one? Sharpened red pencil. Yeah, and then the, this is my favorite. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? What, what stands out to you? Yeah, the yawner, right? It's so awesome. Um, so, so just see this, right? Um, today we're, we're just kind of thinking about patterns, and, uh, and particularly right, how a pattern sometimes is interrupted. Uh, uh, I don't know about you, but typically people kind of love patterns. Uh, they love habits. Uh, they love predictable things. And, and that's all good. It has its place. Um, and yet the kind of interesting thing, the thing that stands out to us most, is when the pattern gets interrupted. Right? The, the standout thing is the, uh, is the orange chair and the open can and the yawn and whatever the other one was, right? the, the red pencil. Um, the, that's kind of the thing that stands out and catches your attention the most. So, so this kind of interesting thing happens in Genesis 5 and, and uh, occasionally throughout Scripture where um, uh, a, a pattern sort of gets built, either in uh, key phrases uh, or even in the structure of a chapter. And, uh, and then all of a sudden that pattern that gets built is interrupted. And, and so in those interrupting moments, it's important to just kind of ask the question, well, What's the point of that interruption? Uh, why build the pattern and then all of a sudden interrupt things? Um, the, the thing uh, to kind of say up front that just kind of moves this more to our heart level uh, instead of just like, you know, an academic level is to say that, um, that, that sometimes uh, when patterns get interrupted, it's a good thing. And other times we get a little bit frustrated and a little bit cranky that patterns get interrupted. Uh, for instance, um, uh, you know, let, let, let's say that you, you sleep good, and 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 then you have a bad night's sleep. How many of you would say that that's a good interruption to your pattern? Not a soul. Yeah, I wouldn't either. You? Uh, good for you. I would not. I would be cranky. Uh, it happened to me earlier this week, and I was, I was frustrated, right? So, um, so here, here's another one. Um, uh, uh, you, you, have a, uh, you have a good day, and you have a good day, and you have a good day, and a good day, and a good day, and then you have a bad day. How many of you would say that that's a, a, a good interruption to your pattern? Right? No, nobody really wants that to happen. On the other hand, sometimes when your pattern gets interrupted, it could be a good thing. For instance, you have a bad day, and then you have a bad day, and a bad day, and a bad day, and a bad day, and then a good day. How many of you would say that that's a good interruption? Yeah, of course, right? Yeah, we all look forward to that kind of interruption. Give me that kind of interruption. That's what I want, right? Um, uh, think about this, right? Maybe move it to like the sports world, right? Your team loses, and your team loses, and your team loses, and your team loses, and then your team wins. How many of you would say that that's a good interruption? <laughs> yeah, me too, right? Uh, so, so just think about this, right? Sometimes, uh, you know, our patterns, our habits get interrupted, and, and we kind of get a little bit cranky about it, a little bit frustrated with it. 
And other times, we, we sort of see that we're stuck in bad patterns or we're stuck in, in, in bad habits, and, uh, and, and that pattern somehow gets interrupted, and, and it's kind of a breath of fresh air, right? It kind of brings some renewed life, some refreshment to us. Uh, that ends up being really helpful. So um, with that all being said, as kind of a, an introduction, we're going to jump into um, Genesis chapter 5 here. And, uh, and begin to just sort of introduce the pattern to you. Now, uh, the pattern gets introduced in, in verses 3 through 5. I'm going to read it again for you. Um, this is the, the pattern introduction, but we're also going to kind of pause here for a second and draw out a couple of just really significant truths. Uh, it, chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. It says this. When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own, image, uh, in his own likeness after his image, and named him Seth. The days of Adam, after he fathered Seth, were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Now here's the pattern introduction. Thus all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And he died. So, so just see this, right? 930 years um, after Adam ate from the tree. 930 years after Adam rebelled against God. Um, 930 years after he started trying to write his own story, Adam died, just like God said that he would. So it's just really important to, to just kind of pause here and just sort of draw out right from the beginning of the story, right? We, we talked about precedence when we looked at uh, Genesis chapter 1. There's a precedent that gets established here that Satan is the, is the liar and that God is the truth teller. Um, it's really important to just kind of see that, right? Satan is the liar. God is the truth teller. Remember the sequence, right? God said, hey, don't eat from that tree in the garden or you will surely die. Um, Satan slapped that in the face and said, oh, no, you will not surely die. And then you get here to chapter 5, verse 5, and all of a sudden you see who's telling the truth. Right? Adam lived 930 years, and then he died, just like God said that he would. So it's massively important to just kind of see, you know, we could just blow by that fact really quickly. And, and, and it's, we just have to see that, that God kept his promise. It's not the way that God made things to be. As God looks at it and as God desires, he doesn't desire for things to die. But, but he kept his promise. And 930 years after Adam ate from that tree, he died. Um, the other thing to just kind of draw out here is that this is the first natural death. I do this, right? Uh, I don't know. Why do people do this? Uh, you're making a quotation thing, uh, right? Natural. It's a natural death. Um, but, I, but I go like this because uh, a couple of different things, right? First of all, we've seen death before, right? Cain rose up against his brother and murdered his brother Abel. But that was a murder. So that was not a natural like, hey, you're just getting old and you die. But this is a natural, quote unquote, uh, Adam just gets old and dies. He just passes away. Um, but, but the reason I do this really is because, again, right, God, uh, from the standpoint of God, from the view of God, from the heartbeat of God, he didn't create things to die. That wasn't his plan. He wanted people to walk with him in the garden each and every day of their existence. He wanted them uh, to, to continue on forever. And so we just got to see here, like, it's really significant in a couple of different ways just those three words right at the end of chapter 5, verse 5, and he died. 
Okay, so, so now we want to uh, pick up and just kind of see the pattern as it unfolds. And, and we're going to do this uh, pretty quickly. Um, chapter 5, verse 5, the days of Adam were 930 years and he died. Uh, verse 8, the days of Seth were 912 years and he died. Uh, verse 11, the days of Enosh were 905 years and he died. Verse 14, the days of Kenan were 910 years and he died. Verse 17, the days of Mahalel were 895 years and he died. Verse 20, the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. What do you expect to happen for the next person? You expect that the next person is going to live to be about 900 years old, right? You expect that they're going to father children and you expect that they're going to die. That's the pattern that gets established in chapter 5 as you walk through. It's like a no-brainer, right? And so what happens next is, is all of a sudden this pattern gets interrupted. And we've got to pause when we see the interruption and we've got to sort of say, well, well, what's with the interruption? Why does that stand out to us? So um, we're going to pick up here in uh, chapter 5 and, and look at, um, I don't know, verse uh, 21 to, to 24. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Here comes the interruption. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. What's up with that? See, there's like this standout interruption moment. And, and Enoch is a fascinating character, and everybody wants to talk about Enoch and, and, uh, and figure out what happened here. But, but nobody really knows, right? And, and uh, the point is not for us to figure out what happened to Enoch. Uh, it just kind of literally is um, like he disappeared. Like he was there, and then all of a sudden he wasn't there, right? He was living, and all of a sudden God took him. We don't know what that looks like if anybody saw it or if he just like vanished, right? We don't really, we don't really know. But uh, the sense here is that the pattern gets interrupted. That's the important thing. And so just see this, right? Um, the, the pattern gets interrupted. And, and the point, at least to me, is to inspire hope. Uh, look at what Enoch does. He's, he's known for one particular thing. Did you catch it? He what? He walks with God. Who was the last person that got described as walking with God? Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. The pattern interruption here is trying to establish hope that you can still walk with God. It's this fascinating thing that happens, right? Um, that these people are surrounded by death. <laughs> they're surrounded by, by things decaying and withering and getting old. They're, they're surrounded by things getting broken. And, and all of a sudden, we get this one character that's still walking with God that's still experiencing life as God designed it to be experienced. That, that's still um, getting a little taste of paradise. And for me, that, that gives me such incredible hope. It tells me, hey, even it, it, when, when stuff in my life is broken and not working, even when I am uh, ex seeing and, and experiencing more death than life, even uh, when it feels like, like things are withering and decaying and my refrigerator breaks again, <laughs> you know what? I can still walk with God, and I can still be experiencing a little piece of paradise, and I can still kind of have the, uh, the, the, the life that God had originally planned for me. 
Now, um, uh, what's maybe a little bit disappointing here is that the writer gives us no tips on how to do that. Anybody else want to know how Enoch walked with God? I sure would like to know that, but guess what? It doesn't tell us that because that's not the point of the interruption. Um, I would be happy to have conversation with you if you're curious about, hey, how can I walk with God? I can, I'd be happy to talk with you about that. Kristen would be happy to talk with you about that. Um, I can probably say Krista, my wife, would probably be happy to talk with you about that. But, but that's not the point of this, right? The point of this is, hey, you can have hope that life as God planned it can still be experienced, even when it feels like everything around you is broken. It's this beautiful little note that happens when we get to, the, to this kind of weird story of this guy named Enoch. Uh, it's important to see that, um, that, that Enoch is not a, a change in the pattern because we go right back to the pattern, right? The pattern picks right back up in uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 27. Um, all the days of Methuselah, what a great name, by the way. Methuselah were 969 years, and then he, see, so you're used to the pattern, Right? Uh, the pattern picks right back up, and then he died. And, and then it, there's another quick end and another standout point right after this guy named Methuselah. Uh, verse 28, when Lamech had lived 182 years, he fathered a son and called his name Noah, saying, Out of the ground that the Lord had cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. A couple of things to just note about this, right? The name Noah means rest. And, uh, and so here, right, the word in the ESV is relief. It really should be rest, right? So uh, Noah is going to bring us rest from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Um, this is really interesting to see what they're trying to do here. Um, uh, this is a, an interruption in the pattern because it's the first time that really uh, there's a, a specific hope lined out for a child. Right? You get all these people that are listed here and, and the pattern right, of they fathered somebody else, they lived about 900 years, and then they died. But here like, there's a pattern interruption in the sense that, um, that, that there's like a specific hope or desire laid out for this child. That, that they will um, bring us rest or relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. To see what the hope is that they're establishing for this child. They're hoping that this is the promised descendant of Eve that's going to crush the head of the snake. Do you see that? The curse in chapter 3, right, uh, on the snake, was that there was going to be a descendant, a child that came from Eve and would crush the head of the snake, right, would win the ultimate victory and, uh, and, and, and put things back, right, reverse the curse, so to speak. They are hoping, they're, 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 they're hanging that hope on this, this new child called Noah. This one, they say, will bring us rest from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Right? Work wasn't supposed to be painful. It wasn't supposed to be hard. It wasn't supposed to be, you know, a lot of effort. It was just supposed to be, hey, we work and we see a good fruit. <laughs> but that's not what happened because of the curse that happened in Genesis 3. And so they are hoping, right, they're, they're, they're basically trying to manufacture and say, oh, look, this one is going to do it. Um, and, uh, and so that pattern interruption kind of challenges us a little bit. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, hey, let's make God's promises come true for God. 
uh, which is pretty interesting because um, uh, the story is going to pick up in Genesis 12, and we're going to see a man named Abraham who, who gets promises from God, and Abraham's going to try to make the promises of God come true. And then we're going to see a man named Isaac, and he's going to get promises from God, and Isaac is going to try to make the promises of God come true. And then we're going to see a man named Jacob, and Jacob is going to try to make the promises of God come true. And the reality is that, that only God can make the promises of God come true. And so it just kind of stands out here that all of a sudden we've got somebody that's saying, oh, I just, I just want this to be fixed. I'm tired of the bad days. I'm tired of the brokenness. I'm tired of the destruction. And, and we hope that this one will bring us the relief, the rest that we desire. And they try to make the promises of God come true. Of course, the reality is that um, that one wouldn't come for a long time. But there is one descendant of Adam that that comes and brings us that rest and that relief. Um, that one who, who interrupts and disrupts and destroys the worst possible patterns that we could ever face. Here's what it sounds like. It's Matthew chapter 28. Now after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Why do they go to see the tomb? Because of the pattern that's been established for thousands of years. That people suffer and they die and they stay dead. But on this day, it's a pattern interruption. This day is a pattern disruption. This, this day, the pattern gets shattered for the rest of time. After the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. And then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. It's a pattern interruption. It's a pattern disruption. It's a pattern that gets completely destroyed by the power of an almighty God. You don't have to make the promises of God come true. God's going to do that. Uh, you don't have to try to fix all the bad patterns and all the bad habits in this world or in your life. God's working on that. God wants to and has and will continue to interrupt and destroy and disrupt all the patterns so that you know that he and he alone is God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we, uh, we thank you for, for interrupting. Uh, uh, thank you for disrupting. <laughs> uh, thank you for destroying uh, the worst possible patterns.
Thanks for interrupting and disrupting uh, the power of Satan, uh, the power of sin, and the power of death. Uh, thanks for this most magnificent day, uh, the day when we expect the pattern to continue, and instead we hear the great good news that Christ has risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. We give all the thanks and the praise to you, and we keep our eyes focused on you, knowing that no amount of brokenness or wrong um, or badness can, can possibly be, be overcome by you. You overcome all of those things. In the name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you and we love you. Amen.